Good evening and happy Thursday night, everyone. Welcome to the season finale of the morning show after show, where we will be connecting the remaining dots <laughs> before the morning. We're excited to be discussing the final episode. Can you guys believe it? No. Oh, of season two, and it's titled Fever. Yes, and since this is the last episode, there will be spoilers and predictions galore, so make sure you've already watched every single episode. By now, I hope you all know who we are, but if you are tuning in for the first time, go back and watch the other nine episodes. <laughs> what are you waiting for? That said, I am Kevin Taft, and I'm a member of the Hollywood Critics Association. As usual, I'm joined by my fellow members of the HCA, Mark Duplass's biggest fan, Morgan Rojas. Yay! And interviewer extraordinaire, Kira Lynn. Hello, everyone. So, Kira. What did you think of this episode? Uh-oh. Oh, I see the face. You know, uh, She's the worst. I wanted, <laughs> I am the worst. <laughs> I wanted to love it, and I, it just, it really, it did fall flat for me. Yeah. Morgan. I was slightly disappointed as well. It wasn't my favorite finale. They left a lot of breadcrumbs and a lot of things that hopefully will be answered in the beginning of season three, hopefully. Knock on wood. Right. Um, yeah, it was okay. It and was I liked okay. it. I don't know, I was, I was fascinated by Alex's little, I was like, where is she going with this whole speechy thing, show that she was doing? So I was intrigued by that, but I do agree that there were some things that like, oh, I thought we would have gone past this by now, or we would have found out more about this by now. But I still like, I don't know, I was still into it. Oh, well, you know, there always has to be one. <laughs> well, speaking of comments, which mine are the only ones worth mentioning. <laughs> yes. um, we're gonna go to Morgan. We do, we have some great comments um, this week that you have been posting on our YouTube page and on our Twitter page, so thank you so much for that. And this week we hear from Calvin, Ooh, Calvin. who says, the writing of the show is amazing. I never watched a show that made my jaw drop every episode. See? Every, I Calvin. Yes. <laughs> Calvin, you're in the minority? I don't know. At least at this table. <laughs> For this episode. Anyway. You know, I, I enjoy the writing. I, I enjoy the journey. I, I, I will agree with him for every episode. I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I'm trying to think of parts of it that were my favorite, but we'll get to that. That actually made me go, yes! But like the way that it ended was just, it, it just burst my bubble. Like there were definitely great parts of it. Like, you know, the interaction with Stella and Corey and then uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel's whole thing, you know. Um, so there were definitely parts where I was, I was rooting, but it wasn't the whole package. Like the season one finale was the whole package. And maybe I shouldn't, you know, my expectations were too high. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. It just wasn't that. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. I kind of wish Alex had read part of the book. But yeah, we can get to that later. Um, second comment is from G, who says, I think many audiences were negatively triggered by the characters and the journey of them, especially Bradley. Um, and Corey is a douche. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> well, what do you, yeah, it's right there. It's no, true. he really, no. That, that, I, thought I, I thought I knew who that was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? Um, here's one thing Yanko didn't go anywhere this season, and yeah. that bothered me. Um, I really thought that they were starting to go interesting places with him, and I assume the next season, but I felt like you have a whole 10 episodes, and 
poor Nestor Carbonell didn't get to do much. Yeah, we barely saw he him. He disappeared yeah. in the last few episodes. Yeah, he only had like one little moment in the last episode. So that was disappointing. Um, I do feel like the Daniel and Mia thing, there's some stuff I liked about that that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like that's building up for the next season. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I did like some of the stuff that Alex said at the end. I was really intrigued by how she was going to twist things and play with things um, because she was like taking responsibility and then not necessarily not taking responsibility, but she was kind of being like, you know what? But I was agreeing with so much of what right. she said. And we'll get into that but later. To answer the question, do you think Corey is a douche? Oh, I'm sorry. That's what the question was. No, um, that was part of the question. I think he's just not sure what he's supposed to be doing. Mm. Like, I think he's, and I think he's not used to maybe dealing with like, you know, he had the Paola and then he had the COVID and then he's trying to launch a network and then he's got Alex. And I think he's just, there's too many things coming at him and he's not so sure where to put it. Cause even, even asked Sybil, he was like, you know, do you want me to fail? And she's like, no. Mm. And I don't, and I think he just doesn't know quite where to, focus I think you know to answer that question I th I see where the perspective is of Corey being a douche he's done some things that yep. are definitely you know not they're not even questionable they're definitely just awful um and he has put the streaming service in front of everything. He knows, I think it's because he knows that his job is on the line. He doesn't want to fail. And so he's making these decisions that, you know, negatively affect how we, the viewers, see him in our eyes. So, but do I, do I hope for a Corey redemption? Absolutely. Do I feel that he can redeem himself from this area? Yes. I wasn't expecting the I love you. I was expecting for him to come clean. I think that's what he was about to do. And, and then, changed it. And, yeah. and so it was like, when that part came, I was like, oh, he's going to be. And then I was like, really? You're going <laughs> to declare your love for somebody who yeah. declared their love to somebody else? Like, what is this? Like, runaway bride? But again, it was, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> COVID. I think they're all going like, what? Are we all going to die? Like, what has happened? That's true. Yeah. And finally, just like, I'm going to. I'm going to reveal the truth, but then, like, you know what? Let me reveal the real truth. And the real truth is that because he purposely outed them because he was jealous. I mean, again, I'm not saying that that was a good thing, but I feel like he kind of shifted and went, like, you know, I'm just going to tell the real truth, which is I love you. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we never got an answer from her or a comment from her. Like, I couldn't even read her face. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your comments. And don't forget that while you're hanging out in that comment section, don't forget to subscribe like and turn on that notification bell Bing! so you don't miss any of that future Hollywood Critics Association content and we have so many more after shows coming your way that you won't want to miss and right now we're going to talk about the fan mail the show mail and this week's question comes from Nicole Graco hopefully I'm saying your name correctly and she asks who do you guys think is the main source for Maggie's book I feel after that interaction between Alex and Paige and how Paige immediately called her out. Oh. You know, saying, I know what you did and you did in front oh. of my face. I feel that Paige is the main source of all of the beef because she's super close to Mitch. She understood what the, you know, the day-to-day, -day, the interaction, interaction was, and she was not blind to 
all of the affairs, all the women, and wasn't blind to Alex. So that's who I think it is. So like why do we like why do people think that there's a main source? I wonder if there just isn't. Is it just so many people were willing to like blah, 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 blah. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Interesting. But, but it w wouldn't it be weird if Maggie and Laura had had an affair and that's where she learned all her information? Well, <gasps> maybe. Everybody's gay. I think we should drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yay. <laughs> mm. So do you guys have a show that you would love for us to do an after show for? Let us know on YouTube, Twitter, or send that suggestion to shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com and tell us what you'd love to see on the HCA for us to discuss, because we'll totally do it. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> we will. And now one of your favorite parts of the show and ours, our weekly interview. Who is it, you ask? Roll that tape. Today, I am joined by casting director extraordinaire, Vicki Thomas. She has casted not only The Morning Show, but many, many of some of your favorite films and television shows. Vicki, thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Happy to be here. How you've seen the tides change in terms of diversity and the roles that you've cast? Um, I think in the last uh, five, six, seven years or whatever, maybe the last five, I think uh, diversity has become a mandate from the studios and the, you know, the production companies. Uh, and you don't feel like you're having to sort of fight for that or fight for people to maybe see a particular role in a different way or with a different type of person. So I think there's definitely been a big shift in people from the top, from the very top saying, no, you have to we want to diversify this world. You have to look at a person color for this part, or you have to look, you know, disabled person, whatever that uh, that uh, particular point of diversity is. With so many new characters uh, introduced this season, I'd love to hear about the casting process when it came to Juliana, Valeria, Greta, and Hassan. I mean, uh, let's talk about Juliana. Well, I mean, she's like an icon herself, like a television icon. And it kind of just fit in with the character that was being portrayed, who was an iconic newscaster. So we know we needed someone who had some weight and gravitas uh, as an actor, but also on the screen. So she was just, it went through a few names, but she kind of really stuck out and seemed like we hadn't seen her in a while on cable or on streaming television. So, I mean, it's just kind of, we just kind of, she seemed to just pop up and be the right person for the choice, you know? And she is so She's good. Really good. Laura. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny because I've mentioned this in the show that, you know, I didn't know whether or not I was a, a Laura fan and at the beginning, and I am so team Laura now. And yeah. just really brings out that essence of, of her in the character. Let's talk about Valeria because that woman, she is, she is a veteran of the entertainment industry and to see her, you know, side by side with Steve Carell. I mean, talk to me about knowing that energy with her and Steve, you know, and, and how many, you know, how many faces did you have to go through before you got, to, you landed on her? You know, she was always in the back of our heads. You know, we kind of, we went through the, you know, cause you never know what you're going to find. We went through the exercise of reading people and, but we kind of decided we wanted like a real Italian and not someone who could just speak Italian and revert back to an American accent, but someone who was in and of themselves very Italian. And I worked with Valeria on one of her first movies, Big Top Pee Wee back in the day. So I remember Valeria from that and Carrie loved Valeria too. And I said, well, she's, 
she's great. I mean, let's just, let's get her. So, you know, through a lot of uh, uh, misunderstood English and Italian with her agent, I finally got a hold of Valeria and talked to her and uh, we, all, we all met and read and I mean, there's, just, there's no contest really. I mean, if you can't go, I mean, why just do that? I mean, there's, why not? You know? <laughs> and then Greta, which is really funny because I've seen her other work and she is hilarious. This woman is so funny and to see her so sharp and just, um, just, you know, this, this, this knife, you know, she just comes in and just slices everything to see better yeah. take on Stella. Talk to me about her. Yeah. I mean, we wanted someone younger than Billy. We wanted someone who was just coming from a different point of view. Uh, we wanted somebody whose sort of energy was different than Billy's to sort of keep him a little off kilter. And she's really funny and uh, just was perfect for the part, came in red. And, and the, the, you know, there are two versions of the role because there, there was a season of the, of the morning show that was written pre-pandemic. Right. And we had, to, then the pandemic happened and they kind of jetted out a lot of the, the main storyline. And so her character shifted a little bit. She was originally supposed to be a lot more sort of like, in Corey's face and just causing small bits of trouble, which I think she still sort of is. I think I can see that hopefully coming <laughs> up in season three. <laughs> and then Hassan, who I love, like yeah. when I saw him in episode one, I was like, yeah. yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I would hope to think that he was just a natural choice for this role as Aaron. He auditioned, he auditioned with, with his mother. He did an audition tape with his mom. She read with him and it was just totally charming. And we love Hassan anyway. And it seemed to be the right fit for him in the show. And that was like a pleasure to be able to cast Hassan. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, you know? So it was all good, all good. Well, jumping on that, you know, was there a particular character throughout season one and season two that, you know, was really hard to find that person and it was so you were so happy and satisfied that you finally filled that role yeah you know i think it was uh i think finding uh hannah gugu's part i think that was that, that was kind of a hard uh i mean there was so much writing on it so and it's a very difficult role and i really felt like we i'm really happy we ended up with, with, with gugu who early on was someone we wanted and you just never know people are sort of available and they're not. And, but she really wanted to do it. And uh, I'm kind of proud of that, 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 that bit of casting. We get questions from fans and I actually, I actually received a lot of them. And so to just try to like pare them down, I have a uh, Kaylee Cello who is actually a news anchor. Uh, she was asking, you know, what kind of qualities did you look for in casting the other anchors of the show? Because we already know that, you know, Reese and Jen were already yeah, placed for Bradley and Alex, but, you know, maybe like the, uh, uh, like Daniel or, um, or even the, the role that Nestor plays, Yanko. Uh, uh, what, yeah. what were those um, qualities that you were kind of looking for in those sort of roles? I think people sort of had a distinctness about them, like, like Nestor does and, uh, you know, and uh, I think Deshaun was his own particular 
thing. Uh, you know, you want people who could come across the screen as having some sort of TVQ sort of, uh, you know, just some sort of ability to, to be on an actual morning show. So, so a little, little bit of personality. Uh, so it's just, I think that, you know, just trying to make as interesting a characters as we could, you know? You know, can we talk about Billy? Because I, I obviously was a, a big fan after season one. And then just to see how, you know, his character has kind of taken a little bit of a turn in season two. Can you talk to me about, I, I've heard other, I've heard other interviews of you talking about this and I was just so, um, <laughs> I was so enamored by hearing how, what he brought to the table. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, he had a take on the character from the get-go before he got the role. He informed us that he has a take on the character if we wanted to hire him. And we were considering some other people and we're going back and forth. And I said, and, and Jen said, hey, if an actor tells you he has a take on something, an actor as good as Billy, we, we, we should take that seriously. So we want, so we hired Billy, go, go to the first table read. And he was just incredible. He, the take that he said he had on the character, it was there at the table read and everybody was, all, the, all heads were, you know, looking at him because he, he, it was great for the first time we heard, oh, okay, we get it now. It was just a really fully formed character he had in his head at that table read. And it was very, very, very exciting to hear it. You know, you're working alongside this powerhouse of women on the morning show, you know, can you talk to me about what it's like working alongside, you know, Carrie, Mimi, yeah. Jennifer, and Reese? I mean, no, I mean, it, it's it's great because it's all we're all just trying to get the best thing up on the screen, and you know, we all have opinions, and you know, you have to you have to get a consensus on things, and these are a lot of bright, smart women. And, you know, I may think one thing, but they're going, I'm going to be playing with this actor. So, you know, every, everybody has their, their point of view that comes in the end to, uh, to getting the best, you know, choice for an actor or choice for whatever it involves, a location or, you know, we all in the end are wanting to go for what's best for the show. So it's a lot of strong women, a lot of strong opinions. And, you know, it's not, the process is not always easy because people want to, weigh in and be and here's my thought but I, I don't mind that because it's all towards a common goal so it's just to make the show as best as it can and and those women are all great and they're smart they're smart smart accomplished women so yeah let's hear all the points of view hey alex how are you well you know bad <sighs> i'm so sorry to hear that that's okay to step up from dead it's actually not why i'm calling Okay. I wanted to say thank you. I asked you to keep your distance from me and you certainly did not do that. Just means a lot to me. You can't worry about that right now. You need to focus on getting better. Why did you do it? Because I gave you the job. No, no, Alex. I did it because it's true. And relationships don't have to be transactional. I, I did it because we're friends. Not good ones, but important ones. But good ones isn't out of the question. I'd like that. 
That was great, and a special thank you to Apple TV Plus for arranging such terrific guests for us to talk to. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now, yes, let's dive into the nitty-gritty of the season finale, talking about some of our favorite and important moments from this week's episode. Morgan. Yes. Bring some stuff up. Come on. Okay. Let's do it. Well, here's one quick thing. I loved that Alex's dog made a return. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because, of course, I was missing the, the dog. puppies. You um, wanted the puppies. And she was even like, where did my dog come from? <laughs> <laughs> Who let the dog in? <laughs> in. Oh, and it was Chip, the, the savior. Of course. Um, which is actually something that I wanted to talk about. And really? You I wanted mean, to go talk about figure. Chip? <laughs> <laughs> but his, okay, so his whole relationship with Alex at this point when we leave the end of the episode he and maybe I want to just make sure that I read this correctly when he goes into Alex's apartment he does that knowing full well she has COVID he wasn't tested he right. didn't have COVID so he was basically putting himself yep. out there just to be with Alex and comfort her in person instead of over FaceTime right like that's oh here's the man. thing that's my worry is yeah. that next season I know. He might be the one that dies of it. No. <laughs> no. No. But you know what? Uh, we, at the beginning of the season, we all question whether or not Chip was in love with Alex. And then he has that whole moment where he completely stands up for himself and only to fall back into that same pathetic behavior. Yes, I said he's kind of, it. He's kind of a wuss. Wow. I said it. Okay. And, <laughs> and he, he's putting his relationship on the line and life, yeah, yeah life, life and relationship. We don't know if he's going to survive. He's probably over in his forties or fifties. You know, everybody's already blaming Alex and saying mm -hmm. Alex is horrible. She shouldn't have done what she did. She's putting everybody at risk. And she's like, I did come home, get a COVID test, and I'm negative. Now, granted, yes, there's the quarantine period. Totally, still could be her fault. But you know, she was being responsible as far as that's what they told her to do. You come back from a foreign country, you get your COVID test. She was negative. Right. And at the time, I don't even know if they were forcing people to quarantine for like two weeks. Right. Because it was so at the beginning. So, I, and, and, and I am wondering if it's not her, her fault. And not that we need to blame anybody, but who is responsible? And maybe that's the story point is that sometimes you just don't know. True. And you can't keep on pointing fingers at terrible Alex. It was really funny in her monologue when she starts to apologize. She does say, but in my defense. Right. Like, I, it's like, oh, Alex, you couldn't just feel like I'm sorry for no, doing this. Absolutely not. <laughs> Alex could not. Alex no. could not do that. I mean, she has been a complete narcissist without a care in the world, not for her husband, not for her daughter, not for anyone else. And that is how she attained that level. And, you know, now she's faced with this mortality. We were talking about it off camera. You know, it wasn't the death of Hannah. You know, she was fine for like a couple of weeks, you know, and she, for eight months, you know, she found her Zen, she wasn't going there and she walks back onto the, you know, gets back onto the platform and she tailspins immediately. And then, you know, we kind of see it again, like she's back to that Zen moment with Mitch and I'm glad that she got there, but I, I don't know. I, I felt that there's a bit of a tailspin again. Again. I know what you're saying, yeah. because there was a moment where I'm like, she's going to like apologize, she's going to do all these things. And then, like you said, that was a moment where she's like, but in my defense. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. responsibility. Yes. And I, but I, feel, I, I watched that part again today, and I was like waffling between, I still agree with a lot of what she's saying in her defense, 
I feel like she's probably going about it the wrong way because okay. I think she's saying truthful things. I have a favorite moment, and of course it has to do with Stella and Corey. That whole part where she walks in his office and starts handing him the notes. <laughs> that whole scene, I was like, that is hilarious. Like, you know, she's just, you know, the guy, um, she's like, doo -doo -doo, and she's just writing the notes. And then the very last one was like, make sure to make sure to destroy these notes. Is, yeah. And the whole like conversation of her, you know, talking about what a liability Alex is and then watching Corey be Corey, which I love, and him, him just coming up with all of the, you know, the, the PR twist to the yeah. whole thing. I, yeah. Uh, he he's so good. He, he both those two actors I, I adore. I liked when <laughs> when he, she came into his office and he had the plexiglass, uh -huh. but she was kind of just like walking around to him. He's like, did yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then even the first time he's like, are you too close? And she goes, am I? And then she was all like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she was comical in this, and that was yeah. the first time she kind of loosened up loosened a bit up. for for the audience at least to to see that funny side of her, and I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, Greta in this in Greta Lee in this episode. Episode as Stella, I think was my like all-time favorite. The way that yeah. she handled the phone call from Alex, and then just started hustling, hustling, hustling. Like all of her scenes were fantastic. Greta, we love you. <laughs> Do you know who I love? Who? Who? Paula. Yes. Paula. You know why? Because I like when she walked in, and, she, and then Kyle, his assistant, <laughs> started talking. She's like, "Shut up!" And I was like. <laughs> Yes, because he needs to just shut up and listen to her. And then when she's like, he told me to go back home and whenever I come back. So I went to New Jersey and I came back. <laughs> it's so I was, I was like, please give her a job, which I think next year she will. So what do you guys think about what was really going through Corey's mind as he was watching the documentary? I think he's going to try to steal it from her. I agree. I do too. And I'm, I, I'm like, I don't do, do it. You're gonna because she made a promise, and I love that she's sticking to that promise because mm -hmm. she—he's uh, dead. There's no need to stick to it. You could kind of free him up, but uh, I like that she's—I just like her. Uh, yeah, Paula. We don't want to, <laughs> as I, as I said, I feel that Corey could rise up again, but if you know if he does that, then he, he may just have to stay in the pooper forever. <laughs> Or behind his plexiglass. And behind his plexiglass. <laughs> I want to talk about Daniel's redemption. I really, like after talking to Deshaun and now like seeing where, you know, Daniel's arc goes, I was really proud of him. Like, you know, Stella was offering it up to him, like, you know, and he really was like, I need to think about me. Mm -hmm. I need, he, he says a really good line. Hold on, let me see if I can uh, find it on the notes. I get that you would like me to pick up the pieces for you because everybody else has effed you over, but now I'm gonna need to take care of my own. And my grandfather is in a home, you know, all of, I loved that whole scene with, with Daniel and Deshaun played it so well. I liked the whole conversation with Mia where he's like, just let's just talk as friends. Mm -hmm. And then her even admitting like, I don't have a life out of work. Mm -hmm. But then are kind of softening and I could see them realizing like we need to support each other as black people. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked a couple of things she said. She said, one thing is when he's like, well, I could go somewhere else. And she's like, it doesn't matter where you are as a black person, you're gonna struggle. Um, and I thought that was interesting because I feel like it might cause him to come back. But I also liked, and, and there's a reason for this, is that she said, um, people will benefit from you sitting in that seat um, that Alex Levy or Levy has taken for granted. Then do you feel that it was more of Daniel's ego and his pride 
I feel like, I feel, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you were going to say something, I didn't want to interrupt. No, go ahead. But I feel like he, it, it's kind of, I think it's both, I think his was a knee-jerk reaction, mm. and I think he was doing the right thing for himself. But now I think with her kind of approaching that and being very honest and open and not being Stella where she's like, just listen to me. But she was manipulating it. Mm. She's not manipulating him. Even when she's like, you know, here's my offer. But I think she's really saying, you and I get each other. Even though Stella could get, actually get him too, um, being a person of color herself. But I feel like Mia drawing it out of him, it made him change his perspective. I like that. I like that the the two of them in, in that scene really they were a little at bit at odds mm -hmm. throughout the season, and to see them come together, I enjoyed that. And I like yeah. to see her soften. Yeah, she finally just kind of sat down and became a human being. Yeah, took a breath. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's tough in that it, the position Daniel finds himself in because he's played it professionally for a while, and that hasn't gotten him anywhere. He doesn't have the it factor. He goes and does this whole song and dance and that still doesn't really get him anywhere and I maybe he feels embarrassed too because what else can he do to finally prove that he can do this because he's talented and not just because he's available right you know like the, the way that Stella approached him in that moment was exactly that quote like you you need me now in this time and I'm here and like I could do this for you but if it was anyone else you would just go to them too. Like, what is right. it about me that you want? And that question hasn't really been answered yet. True. Because um, then Yanko ends up doing it, right? Right. Yeah, Which exactly. Which is very interesting because we all know that Yanko has been um, on suspension and they, he, he made it back. So that, at least we know what happened to him, even though I would have loved to go a little bit more deeper. Right, I mean, yeah. once that uh, Claire thing happens, yeah. like I was waiting for the big snap and it hasn't happened. Right. Yeah. Right. Poor Yanko got yanked. Oh. <laughs> you guys, I want to know, you know, since we are at episode 10, you know, were there highlights for you for this entire season? Was there any, was there a, a character that you really liked whose arc in particular for season two that you really enjoyed? Was there a particular episode that, you know, really stood out for you? Ooh, I mean, I had a realization that Alex and Bradley didn't have a lot of screen time together. They didn't. They didn't. And I wonder if that was intentional or if that was just some like behind the scenes stuff that we don't know. But I mean, I think it makes sense story-wise. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's true. They really didn't have a lot of How story. about you, Kev? What do you think? I mean, you know, I like Paula, but. Um, I hope we see more of her. I think we will three. because I think yeah. they set that up nicely. Mm. Of, like, just give me a job. I can do this, this, and this. But I feel like her, her thing is gonna come back. Um, but I have to say, I know you guys might disagree, but I actually liked, because I didn't like Alex so much this season, that once Mitch, once Mitch died, um, I just, I liked seeing her change. Soften. Soften, change. And even though, you know, again, there was a little bit at the end where she was like, Nyeh. but I, even with, with when she was on the phone with um, Bradley, when she finally is like, she goes, you know, we could be friends. And she goes, I'd really like that. And I was like, ah. Oh. She's finally getting it. And yeah, it took a lot for that to get there. And you know what? Everybody's different. People take their, you know, time to get to the places they need to be. But at least she's getting there. I'm still not fooled. <laughs> I mean, she could end up screwing it up next season. It's true. I mean, it's a TV show. That, we can't expect everybody that's to complex characters is one of the right. main reasons why we love it. Um, I loved, I, I loved Mitch. 
I want to say. I, yeah. I like as much as I hated him in season one, and he was not necessarily the the protagonist that I would have wanted in season two. I actually felt empathy, more empathy for him than I would have ever felt for Alex. Because for me, I really felt that he did the work. Steve Carell did an amazing job in season two. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that it, it, he was a, the way he went out, I, if you're gonna kill off character, might as well go over a cliff. Hands up. <laughs> you know, hands up, guys. Hands up. <laughs> uh, so I really enjoyed him. And of course, you know, I, I, I wish we saw more of Audra. Oh, right. And I wish we you saw- we all forgot about it. Yeah, I would wish we saw more of Audra and I wish we saw more of Doug. Those are the only things I, you know, yeah. things I wish we could have seen because, you know, Will Arnett and, and Mindy Kaling did such a great job. And, you know, at least they were sprinkled here and there, but, you know, I'd love to see a little bit more. And I would like to see uh, Hassan come back. Oh, right. Eric, yeah. I would like to see Eric. And what about Ty? Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't time? know nothing. I mean, he didn't do anything. Yeah, wait, that's interesting, though, because the first episode, which I think we tried to predict. <laughs> we had a lot of predictions teller, about We time. did, and I would love to go back and watch those and see how many. I mean, you probably got nine out of ten. Yeah, correct. Kevin's really good but at the predictions. <laughs> the fortune teller, was that just a... Uh, yeah, and Kathy and Jimmy. I mean, come on. They had so many great... Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Interesting. I do have something to bring up about Laura oh, yes. and Bradley. So Laura goes off... So she's not in this. Montana. But, but I liked how, or I mean, it wasn't really brought up, brought up. But, so Laura's the one who told Bradley, like, you need to cut off ties from your mm -hmm, family. Mm -hmm. And and when then, of course, she goes to bring her brother in and cuts off the ties. And then real, and we were all like, I can't believe she did that. What a horrible thing to do. Right. Yeah. Well, and no, then, what, what a horrible thing to say to your brother before he goes into rehab. Yeah, no I won't be back right. to get uh, you. <laughs> so then she regrets it, obviously, in this, because she realizes that's not the way to do it. And I feel like that's going to cause some tension because she's going to be like, that was terrible advice that you gave me. Because even Jennifer Aniston said everybody's families are messed up. What do we want to see more of for season three? I want to, I want to see where um, Alex's show goes mm -hmm. and how much that's going to cause issues because it's going to because she's going to get real mouthy I think about her opinions on things and then we're going to get COVID, masks, vaccines, Trump, she's going to be mouthy. Um, so that'll be interesting um, and I want to see kind of where Yanko goes. Oh yes, I want to see you where know? Yanko goes. I want to see a more full-bodied character of Stella. We saw a little bit more. True. Uh, I think that she had, and Greta actually even kind of alluded to this a little bit, like you know, you I hope that we see, you know, all of her, more of her backstory. We hear more of her backstory in season three to find out why she's acting. She, you know, yeah. she's she's this force to be reckoned with. Um, and I want to. I would like to see where the love triangle goes. Yeah. I would uh, also to answer your question. Mm. <laughs> I would like to see if Chip confesses any sort of feelings he has for Alex. Because I think there is some under the surface. Oh, there's absolutely. And I think there's some from her. I think so too. And especially after this, like she even praises him in her monologue saying like, oh, Chip has a spine. Right. At which of course, that's the moment where we all know he doesn't. Although HIPAA privacy 
Thanks for revealing his COVID diagnosis on the air, first and last name. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I love how Kevin sees all of these little details. I, Are you a film critic or what? <laughs> it's my day job. I do something I'm else, sitting here talking about gift cards and broken vases, and, <laughs> and Kevin's like... Hip of privacy. The law. <laughs> well, you guys, I have to say that... This has really been enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I really, I loved hearing Morgan's insightfulness on all of the songs that were, right. I like, that's yeah. things that I, <laughs> I really learned and opened my eyes more every time we watched an episode. And then I'm sitting here thinking, Oh, oh, I know what Kevin's going to say about that. Oh, yeah. Morgan. And it's been really fun, like, coming back to the desk every week and then going, oh, yes, I knew you were going to say that. So this oh, has I been enjoyable. That. Yeah, it's been fun. It has been so fun. So hopefully we'll be back next season. Oh, from Let's... your mouth to God's ears. Right, cheers. Cheers. cheers to that. Yay. So. Wait, you got a drink. Oh. <laughs> Done. So that's it, everyone. I'm, we can't believe it's over. Mm -hmm. Ten weeks flew by. And sadly, now we have to wait for season three. Ah. And as always, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notifications button. And don't forget, you can tweet us at HCA Critics or our personal Twitter accounts. And follow us on Instagram at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com. Thank you for joining us here at the Morning Show After Show. And until next season. Oh, great. Right. I'm Morgan Rojas. And I'm Kira Lynn. See y'all soon. Bye, guys. I need to finish this. Hold oh, on. I'm done. Chug, chug, chug. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.